Signs point to Indomitian Sue not returning to the Buccaneers in 2022. Todd Bowles speaks to Colin Cowherd about his new role and how that's going to affect the offense. And we answer a voicemail about more potential free agent targets for the Buccaneers. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by Mr. David Harrison. You can check out everything David is doing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, you can follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Right, thank you again for making the Locked on Bucks podcast. First listener, first view every single day coming through on this Monday episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. James, it appears that the game will not be starting anytime soon for defensive tackle, defensive lineman, and Dominican Sue. It appears as though Dominican Sue will not be back with the Buccaneers in 2022. Despite his apparent interest, I would say obvious interest with the tweet that he sent uh, following the promotion of Todd Bowles, the head coach, and Bowles' comments that they need to bring him back before signing any other outside free agents, which, of course, preceded the signing of safety Keanu Neal and then, oh, some draft picks also coming uh, along the way since, you know, they they said that they were going to make Dominican Sue basically a priority uh, to resign. And now, most recently, Greg Amon of The Athletic. Uh, the godfather of the Locked On Bucks podcast ourselves said in his mailbag column recently that, quote, the Bucks were lukewarm to defensive lineman and Dominican Sue even before they used their top draft pick on a player at his position in Logan Hall. And, quote, Amon went on to say as well, quote, Bucks GM Jason Light said he wasn't shutting the door on signing Sue, but then said there are a lot of injuries that happened throughout the year. So we're suggesting he might only be an option in case of injury. So, James, what are your thoughts on this news from the godfather of the Locked On Books podcast himself, Mr. Greg Amon? Sad. Yes. I am sad. That is my reaction. Uh, look, I understand not wanting to cut into Logan Hall's playing time, development, all that. But yeah. you are in a one-year window. And the leadership that Indomitian Sue brought, the production that Indomitian Sue brought, the ability to help bring along Logan Hall in his development, it all made a lot of sense, right? You wanted to see Indomitian Sue return and light up next to Vita Vea. Maybe he drops in, in his snaps. Maybe he goes down to like a 55, 60% snap guy. You have Logan Hall rotating in there. But I... I'm a little disappointed that things are beginning to look like Indomitian Sue will not be back at all. Uh, so that means they, the defense loses Indomitian Sue. The defense loses Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, you're relying on some really young guys to have to help this defense go from good, because they were still good, to elite. And you have to do it this year. Uh, I think it's a lot of pressure on on a couple of very young players and makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. It makes me nervous. Yeah, that's I think you think that that's the balance that you're kind of dealing with here. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is 
trying to to make sure that you utilize this window while it's open here with Tom Brady and with all the talent that you have uh, to win a championship, but then also make sure that you secure your future. Uh, and and I, I just kind of wonder how much of this is money. You know what I mean? I, I really just kind of wonder because uh, obviously Todd wants him on the defense and, and Todd Bowles has been the defensive coordinator here. Uh, so obviously he knows what Indominus Sue brings to the defense and for him to make kind of that public bold statement out there uh, that they want to make Indominus Sue a priority. And then all of a sudden there's kind of this little, this kind of backtracking. Basically it looks like this backtracking is coming from ahead or, or above the Todd Bowles, which is the front office, the GM, Jason Light. And I mean, you know, nothing has come out saying that Indominus Sue uh, has his, his role as a leader in the locker room or on the defense has, has diminished any. So I just, you, you kind of have to just put the, put the pieces together and say this is probably a money thing because uh, Sue is not a guy who needs to play football anymore. You know what I mean? He's made plenty of money, uh, super intelligent. If you follow him on Twitter, you see all the things that he's getting into and all the business ventures that he's into. This is a guy who is absolutely going to land on his feet um, outside the National Football League. So he doesn't need the NFL uh, as much as some some other people may uh, need the NFL. So when that happens, right, the, the there's, there's the balance. You hear Rob Gronkowski talk about it all the time. Is it worth going through? all of the things that a player goes through. Well, so if Sue's got a number, I don't know what that number is, but if he's got a dollar amount, it says, look, I would love to come back, love to win another Super Bowl, love to play with you guys again, but it's going to k- take X amount of dollars uh, for that to happen. Jason Light's got to look at this thing and say, look, you know, if, we, if we're not going to pay it all out this year, what are we going to do? The, the trick that's become very, very popular uh, amongst uh, not just the Buccaneers, but obviously the Saints have been doing it for quite some time, right? You have void years. You kick the money down the road. Uh, and all that stuff, and you let that money come back to bite you in the butt later on. Well, again, having to balance that window now with the future possibilities and potential of this team, do you want to already, with the amount of money that you already have moving down the road on contracts for guys like Tom Brady and others, do you now want to add another one in Dominic and Sue and then basically take away from the pot of resources that you have in 2023 to potentially put a team around a Kyle Trask or you know whoever, maybe Ryan Griffin finally gets a chance to be a starting quarterback uh, in the NFL, or, you know, maybe they go uh, the draft route and they try to take a, a quarterback from this quote unquote better draft class of quarterbacks coming up uh, in the 2023 NFL draft. I don't know what the future is going to hold there, but I think that's a little bit more of a, of a delicate balance uh, than maybe we, we kind of uh, give credit for. And, you know, you look at the New Orleans Saints, they went all in for, for year after year after year after year. And, and let's be honest, in recent, in the modern times, like really didn't, don't have any trophies, no, not a whole lot of hardware outside of division titles to really show for it. And now you kind of see them here. I mean, they made some moves. They made some trades. They went and drafted some players and all that, and they re-signed Jameis Winston, but not a whole lot of really huge splash plays outside of the Tyre Matthew deal that they can extend out uh, for a few years and spread out that hit to their salary cap. So, I mean, you look at some of these teams and the situation they're in, I think the Buccaneers, you look at the the young talent on the team, and you're trying to trying to preserve not just this window, but also make sure that the window doesn't slam shut and get nailed down because you're continuing to pay for championships you already have in the building. But then, I, you know, I can see both sides of the coin there. I mean, we've watched this team, uh, you know, I mean, James, we've been covering this team. This will be our eighth season. And uh, five of the seven that we've already covered them for have resulted in us doing offseason episodes in the month of January. So you, you want to see this team continue to play football into January, not just because of the regular season now, but into late January and then hopefully into February. So, it's a balance, you know what I mean? But I think that uh, at the end of the day, as long as the coach and the, and the GM are kind of on the same page, and I think we've kind of noticed Todd Bowles has kind of taken, taken a step back from the, we want to bring Sue back. You know, you can't unring a bell, but he hasn't doubled down on that statement anymore. 
which would definitely put Jason Light in a weird situation. So I just I just think that this whole thing probably is based off of money. Yeah, you're you're probably right. And and, you know, if, when you only have so much to spend and like you said, you don't want to keep kicking that can down the road or you're going to create a situation where you can't be competitive because you're you're still having to pay out on paper uh, players that haven't been with your team for the last two, three, four years because you kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Um, so if it is all about money, I, I mean, I understand doesn't make it any less disappointing, yeah. but you know, it's, you have to make tough decisions when you're running an NFL franchise. And, and when you're in a one year window to try to win a super bowl with Tom Brady, hopefully you're able to get a quarterback that keeps you in contention in 2023 and, and beyond, but that's far from a guarantee. And, and mm -hmm. we know outside of Brady, the, the history of quarterbacks for the Buccaneers has not been, um, it, it, it's been terrible. Uh, yeah. Let's put it that way. So um, I, I get it. If he doesn't come back, it's still very disappointing that he would have to be one of the ones that's a, a casualty because of the money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and look, uh, the good news for Bucks fans uh, that might be disappointed as well that that Indominus may not be coming back is that your your Buccaneers are still among the favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, at the end of this coming season. So very talented, regardless. Uh, so if they get either Sue or Gronk, or you know, if the stars align, they end up getting both of them back. Then it'll just make their chances all the more better. And if you want to see if you can manage your bankroll with their chances and marry the two, you can do so with our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for all your, your betting stats and your sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball season action. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Talking to here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, getting the new week started. James Jarko and David Harrison on Twitter at jarko underscore bucks at dharrison82 and the show at Locked On Bucks. So while uh, people like Greg Allman are writing things that are going to not necessarily make Bucks fans very happy these these days, look, it's the truth. You just got to take the truth with a grain of salt. Uh, and just because Todd Bowles isn't doubling down on his claims that the Buccaneers need to make Dominican Sue coming back a priority, doesn't mean that Todd isn't talking. Uh, and recently, James. Todd Bowles appeared on The Herd with Colin, Colin Cowherd, talking to Colin Cowherd. Colin asked him about uh, a myriad of things. He asked him about uh, the, the state of the game today, especially from a defensive standpoint and, and safeties and DBs and linebackers and all that, having to be worried about where they're hitting uh, receivers and everything going over the middle. Asked him about his coaching uh, philosophies and how this time is going to be different from the New York Jets uh, experience. Asked him about Tom Brady. Asked about again, a wide array of things for the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach. We're going to listen to some of those questions and comments now here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. And then, James, you and I are going to react to them uh, and tell Todd where he's mistaken. You're known as an excellent defensive coordinator, but when a coach goes from coordinator to head coach, there are some day-to-day -day responsibilities that you have to surrender because now, holistically, you're, you're running the whole operation. How much... On a day-to-day, -day, can you still hover on the defense, and how much do you have to relinquish? I relinquished very little this time around. I think the first time with the Jets, I relinquished a lot more than I would have wanted to. Uh, right now, we have the same coaching staff in place, and those guys do an excellent job on the offensive side of the football. So right now, 
it's just very little as as much as getting the offensive playbook and looking over it in my spare time and everything else. But I'm very much involved with the defense and, you know, I'll be ready to make game day decisions when that time comes. All right, James. So there we hear Colin Cowherd asking Coach Bowles, basically, you know, again, and this is the this is the question that happens every time there's an internal hire. Anytime a coordinator goes from being that that positional or that defensive or offensive coordinator uh, to being the head coach is just how much is going to change from your day to day. Are you going to give the reins now over for for a new coordinator or are you going to continue uh, your normal business? And that's what Colin is basically asking. And, and Todd Bull says he's he's not relinquishing anything, basically, or at least he's relinquished a lot less this time around uh, than he did when he became the head coach of the New York Jets. And then kind of says that with the Jets, uh, he he had to give up more. You know, again, the way that I interpret it, he was basically forced to as a parameter of the job. He wasn't allowed to basically be the D coordinator and head coach. He had to just be the head coach and put some trust in some other people. So we know that the team officially has co-defensive coordinators, but obviously it looks like this is still going to be kind of the same system where Todd Bowles uh, is, is at least drawing up the strategy for the defense, if not the whole uh, entirety of the game plan. And those two are basically going to be responsible for making sure that the installs go and that the guys understand uh, the pieces. This is a, a very common discussion. How do you feel about Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator, not giving up all of that role or all those responsibilities while elevating up to be the head coach? I really wanted Todd Bowles to give up the play calling when he was named head coach. I feel, especially in, in this first year, you know, after a, a rough stint with the Jets, and I realized that that his performance isn't fully indicative of his capabilities. I, I no. believe that Todd Bowles is going to be a much better head coach than he showed in New York, but he was kind of, you know, hamstrung uh, up there. But I wanted him to just focus on being a head coach, just worry about overseeing everything because there's so many more responsibilities. I didn't want him to have to worry about game uh, play calling on, on game day. Maybe he's going to shut me up and prove me wrong. I hope he does. But I just felt that it would have been better for the team as a whole to pass that duty off to one of his two co-defensive coordinators instead of trying to keep that responsibility on his own shoulders when not only is he having to call a defense, but he's essentially having to run the rest of the game. He can't take time away to tweak things uh, as a, a play caller for the defense. He can't take time away to sit with a group of players and, and, and talk to him. He has to rely on his co-defensive coordinators for that. And I think it would be better off if those were the guys, the guys that are right there working with the position groups, working on all of those adjustments to be the ones calling the plays instead yeah. of having to play a game of telephone between Todd Bowles, defensive coordinators, players. It just, I, I've never liked head coaches being the ones to make the play calls. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, from a general general point of view, I'm always a fan of, of coaches giving up play calling assignments and, and duties. And, and, you know, if you were a coordinator within the franchise and you move up, that the next, the new coordinator that you hire, that you appoint, uh, takes over those responsibilities. Because like you said, I mean, it, you're looking, you know, Todd Bowles is responsible for the entirety of the team. And Colin kind of talks about from a holistic standpoint, you're responsible uh, for everything. And, and the bottom line is if your focus is on the defense, your focus can't possibly be on the offense. And so, so the focus has to be on the health of the entire organization and, and you go to game days, right? So right now at training camp and mini camps and all that, it may not seem like that big of a deal, but you go to game days, you know, and we've seen this Buccaneers offense kind of struggle out the gates uh, a little bit now 
I, I'm all for having trust in, you know, legendary quarterback like Tom Brady, an offense coordinator like Byron Leftwich, who's been in the league for a minute. But if that offense is struggling and you're Todd Bowles and your focus is on the defense, you're calling plays. You don't have time now. When your offense is off the field, you don't have the opportunity to now go over to your quarterback, go over to your offense coordinator, talk to them, say, hey, what's going on? What are we seeing? What, here's what I see when you're on the field, all these things, because you're you're coordinating your defense. You're calling your plays. you got to get the call into Devin White or Levante David or whoever uh, is going to end up with the green dot and all that stuff, and you got to get the defense set, and you got to try to to stop the opponent, and you're just you're putting 100% trust, and you you know, every you ha- you can't do everything, so you have to put trust in somebody somewhere. But I think you're just giving a little bit more trust over to the offense and autonomy over to the offense, not giving it up to the defense as a head coach. Now, that being said, Todd has done this before, right? And and I will lean on Todd Bowles' experience. He's been a head coach before. He's seen what doesn't work. So you kind of are assuming and you're hoping that he's going to take those lessons of what didn't work uh, and and now bleed them into what he's doing uh, here this time around the Buccaneers to make it work a little bit better. So while I don't generally agree with those kinds of decisions, um, I'm going to basically just cross my fingers and hope that Todd Bowles and, and assume that Todd Bowles knows what he's doing because he's a smart man and he's been in the league for a while. Uh, and, and like you said, hope that he proves us wrong and that it becomes a non-issue. Um, another thing that Colin talked to uh, Todd Bowles about James was that offensive side of the ball. And, and the fact, and again, Bowles talking about how much he's going to be involved with the defense. Well, how's the offense going to be run from a coaching perspective you know tony dungy well i love tony he for years uh he kind of created a new blueprint which is i'll run the team in the defense peyton i'm gonna let you do a lot of the offense you're very fortunate with brady he there's nobody can throw him any curve but he's seen everything that's ever been created um do you feel it'll be a little bit like a dungy model where you've got this smart veteran quarterback who's maybe the best pre-snap guy ever, you'll run the franchise, you'll run the defense, and Tommy will have a lot of power on the offense. So Byron will have the power first and foremost because he's the OC, uh, and Tom's been in the offense for two years now, going on three. So they'll both collaborate and have a lot of power on offense when it comes to running the offense. I'll make the decisions on third and short, obviously when to go for it, when not to go for it, two minute and those type of deals and replays and everything, but they'll pretty much run the offense. All right, Mr. Yarko. So there you have Colin Cowherd asking, uh, you know, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Todd Bowles, exactly what the offensive dynamic is going to be. Again, hearkening back to Tony Dungy and his time with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who essentially let Peyton Manning run the offense while Tony Dungy focused on the defense. And then, of course, managing the franchise from a personnel and drama and interview type of standpoint. Bowles says, uh, first of all, that Byron is going to have the power. He's the offense coordinator. He's the guy with the power, which I got to be honest with you, a little bit of me is kind of like, tell him, tell him, Todd, like, tell him, Todd, like, 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 let's give Byron some of that credit that people think that he deserves. I see your face. You'll get your, your moment here in a second, but that Tom is absolutely going to have that influence and it's going to be a collaborative effort, but that Todd is going to come in and make the third and short, go for it. Don't go for it type of decisions as the head coach. What do you think about those comments? Uh, well, it, it actually bleeds into exactly what I just said about not wanting Todd Bowles to be the defensive play caller, right? Because he's still making offensive decisions, when to go for it on fourth down, what they're going to do on third and short, you know, timeouts, you know, all that stuff. But I, I make that face because as Todd pointed out, this is going to be Tom Brady's third year in the offense. It's his third year working with Byron Leftwich, and we know that there's a collective going on there already. Byron is the play caller, but Brady, let's be honest, has the final say. We've seen him over the last two years shake off calls numerous times. Uh, We have seen him 
audible numerous times. We have seen him literally tell the head coach to keep players on the sideline because he refuses to come off the field and he's deciding to go for it. Tom Brady has a lot more power than I think Todd Bowles wanted to let on. Yes, Byron has his power. He is the play caller. He It's now Byron's offense. Bruce is in a, a cushy chair in a box somewhere. This is Byron's offense, but it's it's Brady's team. And we know that Brady is going to really, truly have the final say on a lot of things. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to hit the voicemail line and talk about some potential free agents that the Buccaneers could still pursue. There are some very solid names still out there on the open market. But first, you all know that summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family trips. You can throw them in the bag. You can throw them in the kids' backpacks. We make sure that everyone has a bar so that you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bar is they are healthy and delicious. You don't have to sacrifice taste in order to eat healthy. With Built Bar, you get to have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All the Built Bars and the Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. If you haven't tried the puffs yet, they have some outstanding flavors like banana cream pie and cinnamon churro. If you're not a puffs person, maybe you want to have some peanut butter brownie bars or a cherry barcia or a cookies and cream or a mint brownie. There are lots of flavors and there's something for everyone. If you're not sure what you would like, go ahead and order a mixed box and you can find your favorite flavors that way. Most of the built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15. That's number one, number five for 15% off at built.com. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at DHarrison82, the show at Locked On Bucks. David, the roster is not complete. There are still free agents out there. We just saw the New Orleans Saints sign Tyron Matthew, which made us all hurt deep, deep, deep pains of just jealousy and frustration and disgust but the Buccaneers can counter that with the talent they already have and maybe by addressing some more free agents we have a voicemail about that exact thing go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage hello um this is Anthony um calling in and uh we had some time to marinate on the draft and I was just calling in to see who are some free agent acquisitions you would like to see made before the start of the season. And I got a couple. I got uh, Julio Jones. I think it would be pretty interesting, maybe one or two-year deal, help out the wide receiver core until Chris Godwin comes back. And then when Godwin comes back, he can help bolster that wide receiver core to make a push at a uh, winning the Super Bowl. Or A.J. Bouye, you know, like he could be like Richard Sherman, you know. He – uh He's a veteran that came in and helped out that young group of guys that we got marinating. And, uh, so yeah, uh, guys that we can find cheap, last minute additions. What do you guys think? I'd like to hear your opinions. 
you know, uh, be an interesting talking subject. Uh, all right, well, have a good day, guys. God bless. Anthony, thank you very much for the call. Um, David, I, I don't love the idea of Julio Jones. Let me rephrase. I love the idea of Julio Jones. I hate the execution that Julio Jones would then have on the field because as great as Julio was and as dominant as he was, he's old and busted and he's really not going to do anything for whatever team he plays for. Uh, If I had to guess, he's going to end up reuniting with Matty Ice there in Indianapolis. Uh, Maybe try to give it one more run with that incredible defense running game that they have up there. I have a couple of names in mind uh, as far as free agents that the Bucs could pursue, maybe not totally out of the question. Uh, the first one that I'm going to bring up really ties back to segment one, where we saw that Indomitian Sue probably isn't going to be returning. But David, what about somebody familiar with Todd Bowles? Somebody familiar with Todd Bowles' defense? Uh, what about the idea of Sheldon Richardson coming in and being that rotational veteran presence, helping Logan Hall? I mean, last year, Sheldon Richardson played on a $3.6 million deal. That was it. $3.6 million. In the three years that Indomitian Sue played with the Buccaneers, you pointed out it might have to do with money. 2019, uh, Sue had got $9.25 million. In 2020, he got $8 million. In 2021, he got $9 million. So you're talking about being able to bring in a guy for about a third of what Indomitian Sue would have cost you. Yeah. Um, it, it just it makes a lot of sense if they need to bring in someone for some depth, for some veteran leadership, and and to kind of start to teach Logan Hall the ropes of of the position that he's going to be playing. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't hate that uh, that recommendation uh, one one little bit. I mean, I'd, I would obviously much rather have Indomitian Sue back in. Yeah, uh, you know, just to just to clarify, Anthony sent in a clarification voicemail. We're not gonna we're not gonna throw JPP. We're not gonna throw Sue. We're not gonna throw Gronk on these lists. We're going outside of. Uh, the Buccaneers' sphere of influence here. So that's a good one. Um, two guys on the defensive line that I'm kind of looking at, uh, Ogan Joby out of Cincinnati and Akeem Hicks. You know what I mean? Those are two yeah. guys that you could probably get a little bit cheaper. Akeem Hicks is a little bit older, but kind of fills a nice little block eater, uh, space eater type of role. Ogan Joby a little bit younger, uh, kind of looking for that opportunity to really come out and flash. And I just, you know, neither guy is going to come in expecting quote-unquote starter reps. And I think that's really kind of the big thing. And both of them, I would definitely not mind coming in and riding along for one more trip to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Uh, And and that's where, just to piggyback off of Julio Jones, I don't love the idea of Julio either. You know what I mean? I I love Julio Jones. I love what he's done in the NFL. Uh, Honestly, James, I kind of feel like he's Nate Burleson where, uh, you know, uh, except without the, honestly, without as much uh, personality. I think Nate Nate has much more personality than Julio does. Look, as a guy with not a whole lot of personality, it's not an insult. I'm just making an observation, but you know, look, Nate Burleson didn't really leave the NFL. The NFL kind of left Nate Burleson. They were like, hey, you know, he was still out there. I mean, I remember there was actually moments where he was on the NFL Network in the beginning. And he was kind of still throwing out there like, hey, I'm still available. Like, I still got an agent. I'm still working out. And the NFL just never came calling. I think Julio's best days are well beyond are behind him. You know, you might get one classic Julio moment, you know, here and there. But I don't think Julio really adds anything to the roster other than name, recognition, notoriety. Um, and, and I love it, you know what I mean? But that's just, you know, that's that's just the way I feel about it. I would love to throw a name like Jarvis Landry on this list or an Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. I actually feel like has a little bit more of a, of a possibility of happening, but not until 
things kind of get rolling, he gets a little bit healthier and he can show people what he has. And I think right now, if he's fielding offers, they're probably very, very largely incentive based and he's going to want some guarantees. Once he can start working out, once he can start running and showing people what he's been doing and that he's coming back, then he might get a little bit of guaranteed money. But I mean, you know, depending on what, what Russell Gage is, is able to do and what this wide receiver group is able to do behind Evans and depending on Godwin's health, if the Buccaneers find themselves early October being like, yo, we could we could really use another wide receiver, maybe o- Odell Beckham is the guy that's still available. I don't know. I don't know how quickly Odell's looking to just sign any contract with any competitor, so that's all part of it. But Landry, I don't think Landry's looking for number three work. I just, I just really don't, and that's what he is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So as much as I love those names as well, I don't think that Landry happens at all. And Odell, let's be honest, like Odell's like, it's like a two out of 10 chance of, of happening. I might be generous with that too. Yeah. Those were the other two names that I had written down. And, and we've seen Tom Brady speak about how much he likes Odell Beckham Jr. We've seen Odell Beckham Jr. Talk about how much he likes Tom Brady. So it makes sense in that aspect that maybe these two want to work together. Maybe Odell, much like with the Rams, he wants to chase a championship. Maybe he's hoping to stay healthy enough to be a bigger part of that championship. I mean, the guy was on an MVP race or, uh, you know, rate Super Bowl MVP. When, he, yeah. when he got uh, injured in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl MVP. So the problem with the Odell uh, idea is that it doesn't help the Buccaneers while they're waiting for Chris Godwin to come back. Right. I mean, those guys will probably come back near the same time. Odell might come back a little bit later. So I had also thrown out the name Jarvis Landry, which would be a little bit more difficult to make happen given the the money he's probably going to look for. Um, he's another one that you know you you hope doesn't land in in New Orleans. He's one that could land in Indianapolis. You know he's he's got some options out there. It's a matter of what does he want? Is he going to go for the biggest payday? Is he going to go for a championship run uh, with with someone? I. I would be very intrigued to see how the Buccaneers could run an offense. If you can you can bring in Odell, say, around Halloween, that's that's going to be a really fun offense to watch. Um, yeah. But I think... Honestly, even if you only get Odell for the playoffs. Like, honestly, exactly. like you could even you could sign him and be like, look, dude, just chill. We'll make the tournament without you, right? I always make the reference to LeBron teams. And I understand LeBron's team didn't make the postseason this year. But I always make the <laughs> reference to LeBron teams. Just get to the tournament. You know what I mean? And you just you sign Odell and you get Russell Gage, seventeen games worth of number three wide receiver work. And if he, if he comes in the playoffs, you can kind of start off in the wild card with him. I mean, it just it just gives you an added weapon. And again, the, the numbers have to work, and those are going to be the biggest questions. Uh, and then plus what Odell is looking for himself. You know, he's he's a huge competitor. Would he be willing to wait that long? All that kind of stuff. I don't know. But if I'm Odell Beckham Jr. and I'm in his ear, I mean, bro, like the AFC stack, dude. The yeah, AFC is away from that. that. Like the best route to the Super Bowl this year is through the NFC. And you got the Rams, who didn't replace you necessarily, but I mean, they got Cooper already. They brought in Allen Robinson. They shipped out Robert Woods. Like, you know what I mean? You're coming in there as the third guy when you come back. Would you rather be the third guy with Matt Stafford and the Rams, or would you rather be the third guy with Tom Brady? I mean, to me, look, I'm taking Tom Brady. You know what I mean? I think that's that's kind of the simple answer there. So that's you know, that's where I'm coming from. But again, the dollars gotta work as well. And there's a whole lot of LSU players on that Buccaneers team, too. So it might be a little bit, little bit like a homecoming. But, David, we are going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you, Anthony, for the call. And thanks to all of you 
for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for the real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. Later this week, we got the NFL schedule dropping. We are going to know who, where, when, why, and how the Buccaneers are playing in the 2022 season. So excited for that to drop. If you have any questions, any topics, any thoughts that you want to share with us or have talked about on the show, of course, you can email us email us at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or give us a shout like Anthony did at 813-444-5841. For David Harrison, I am James Yarko. You can check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at BucksNation.com. And of course, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.